welcome to another episode of Oddman and Squeak. Uh, I live in this flat. And I don't live in this flat. <laughs> <laughs> so we have successfully, over the last couple of episodes, actually managed to talk about things yes. <laughs> for longer than about 40 seconds. We have. It has been successful. The thing is, I don't think that streak's going to last. <laughs> Most likely not. It might be a one in every five episode type thing. Yeah, it feels about right. So apologies in advance. This is likely to be a rambling one. So I watched WandaVision yesterday. So I am... Don't worry, there won't be any spoilers. No because spoilers. I haven't seen so it yet. Cam hasn't seen it. I am also not usually a TV watcher. So I find it genuinely exhausting to consume new content. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> So 90% of the time, when it comes to TV, I'm either re-watching Bones... Um, An extraordinary amount. <laughs> really love Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly too much. Or re-watching various Disney movies or old chick flicks and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Or doing a Lord of the Rings marathon, which we yeah. do every year. Absolutely. Or just watching YouTube. Because even if YouTube is like an hour long it still feels like less emotional commitment than something that (laughs) (laughs) like so me and James watched the first two episodes of WandaVision together like a month and a half ago like pretty soon after it finished coming out and um yeah it's taken me until yesterday to feel in the mood to watch it um and I feel sorry for James in this because he actively wants to watch tv with me but but yeah. Just, every time he's like, oh, do you fancy watching, like, insert thing here? And there's plenty of, he watches plenty of TV that I know I'm going to enjoy, but I'm terrible at being in the mood to watch TV. Yeah. So it's things like we've, I've still never finished um, a series of unfortunate events, despite knowing that I'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not watched The Boys despite knowing I'll love it. You know, it's just a long list of things. And WandaVision was one of those. And we, But we, he did manage to convince me to watch the two, first two episodes because they were only like 20 minutes each. I was like, oh, I, I can do 20 minutes. Absolutely love them. And then refused to watch any more of them for a month. And then yesterday we watched all of the remaining episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's basically binge or nah. Binge or nah, yeah. <laughs> together and watch tv like um so when we were living in the prison flat yes and you came to stay and we just watched the amazing race for oh like my gosh. three days yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see now that's a category of television that i can watch because uh, i'm like you i don't really watch tv at all apart from like I'll, I'll get the odd thing every now and then so like last year i became obsessed with criminal minds yes and i watched all 15 seasons over the course of one month whereas i made the mistake because i feel similarly about criminal minds like it's one of those things that i could just watch forever but me and james are watching it together and we're not all, like so it's snail pace st- we're still on like season seven or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i like just watch the whole thing but i love challenge tv shows uh so things that are like bbc's race around the world oh, loved it we absolutely binged that in the yeah. beginning of lockdown yeah and then the amazing race i will just like i'll even re-watch episodes like seasons that i've seen before where i know who's gonna win because i just love that kind of stuff uh then there's um the the amazon um tv show where they have to race across fiji uh, which is, and it's, it's not even like challenges with that one. It's a it's a literal physical race where they're having to row and 
uh, like hike and bike and all of these different things. But I'm just, and it's like loads of countries from around the world. And I'm just like, yes, look at all these like super fit people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I love that kind of thing so much. And that's kind of extended into other stuff. I never used to be a reality TV show person and I'm still not to a certain extent. No, 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 to the certain extent is to be questioned. (laughs) (laughs) Because now I'm obsessed with The Circle, which is basically like catfishing show it's where a bunch of like a bunch well the usual bunch of good looking young people get put into a block of flats and they communicate with each other via via social networking um this thing called the circle and they don't know anything about each other the only stuff they know is what they show on their social media i'm i'm doing uh quotation marks (laughs) (laughs) realizing that you can't see them uh, so it's it's a it's a contained social network that they're they're on. So they can choose to either represent themselves or catfish and be someone else, and it is amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> I've watched a couple of episodes with uh, Tam and her housemate Jack, and well, her housemate, my friend as well. Yes, like, <laughs> it's not my only relationship with him. <laughs> Went to the same uni, known him for like almost a decade. Well, I always feel weird when I'm like, oh, my housemate Jack, and I'm like, oh no literally family yeah <laughs> <laughs> like jack is family to me but you know when i describe him i'm like oh my housemate <laughs> <laughs> it's like minimizing the relationship it really does it? Oh, it would be like me being like my housemate james and then like let's yes. ignore that we sleep in the same bed and been together for yeah. like five years <laughs> i mean yeah yeah he's your housemate it's fine yeah, it's, it's just a, a mate i live with yeah <laughs> But yeah, and it's that sort of cringe style people communicating with each other in a really awkward way. Uh As well as just slowly falling in love with each of them as just like individual weirdos, especially Mm -hmm. the ones. So my favourite, my favourite character in the one that we started watching was the guy who's like super Jersey. The Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Italian stallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who you, when, when you first get introduced to him, you're like, oh, oh, he's one of those guys. He's like shirtless and partying and whatnot. Um, and, and you he think talks he's... about Italian family and you're yeah. like, I don't feel like you know what Italian means. <laughs> <laughs> and you think he's going to be an absolute douche bro. And then you realise he is the sweetest fucking himbo that's ever existed. He's a sweet cinnamon bun. Like, yeah. he, oh, he's just so cute. And like, aggressively sexual towards every single woman he interacts with. But, <laughs> but in, in an endearing, a... self-aware yeah, kind of like, way. Yeah, just super... He just massively puts himself out there. Uh-huh. And loads of people were starting to think he's fake. And I'm like, he's the least fake human I have ever, yeah. ever encountered. He is deliciously honest. Yeah. And the massively. way he was talking about some stuff, it was just, yeah, really, really cute. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I've watched both seasons of the US uh, version of The Circle, which is available on Netflix. <laughs> not sponsored (laughs) and it's it's so funny to me because season one is rupaul's best friend race um they're all so lovely and they form this like family bond between all of them and then season two is daggers at dawn uh everyone is bitchy everyone is out for themselves and one of my favorite things is something that i feel like 
uh, if you have anxiety or are just a really self-aware person, you're you're aware of how you interact with people online constantly and you're aware of how people reply to your messages and you're very, I'm, I'm, I'm like constantly thinking about what I'm saying and how it's being conveyed and about the lack of tone that there can be in messages. And these people, I love it because they'll write something and they're like, oh my God, yeah, I've said it exactly how I'm supposed to say it. You know, like, oh yeah, I can really tell that they're really appreciating it and loving it and they're really understanding me. And then it flips to the person who's getting the messages and they're like, oh, this person's an absolute bitch. I can't stand them. Look at them <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. So I'm, so I've got an ongoing thing with the, so I got really super into a mobile game over lockdown. And it's not usually the kind of gaming that I'm into, but and the, the game itself, not that interesting, but the community around the game has been an absolute blessing for me over the sort of last year and a half. Um, and one of the things I find really, really interesting is we've had like, you know, every community has a bit of drama, um, such is the way of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but quite a lot of the dramas that have happened on the LOP server that I'm on, it's, it's all boils down to misunderstandings where it's that if you're not coming to a piece of text giving somebody the benefit of the doubt that what they intend to say is a positive thing mm-hmm. and you're not giving them the space to clarify or even letting them know what your personal response is to their message mm-hmm. so like completely denying them the ability to to self-correct then all that's going to happen is that builds up into resentment builds yeah. up into completely cross lines and it's as soon as that sort of immediate benefit of the, of the doubt breaks down, it's there's there's no well there is you can fix the gap, but it takes a yeah. lot of honesty on both sides to to come to fix it. And I just found it really fascinating because I, you know, I'm a I'm a very confident person. She is, as you can probably tell, I'm quite aggressively extroverted. And so for me, there's a certain extent to which I go into social situations assuming people are going to like me you know it's that sort of i'm always working on the assumption when i'm in person with somebody that they can tell that i'm happy upbeat not meaning anything and giving me the space to correct anything if i've said anything yeah that like doesn't ring well with them so i'm very used to as a person going into a social situation where i'm expected i expect to be liked yeah like that sounds really arrogant, but it's but not that. It's yeah, you don't mean it like that. You're a, you're a nice, charismatic person. There, there's no reason that people wouldn't like you. Yeah, I don't tend to, in like the first instance, give people a lot of reasons to dislike me. Um, that doesn't mean people don't dislike me. I've plenty of people do. Yeah, I know. Tomorrow's <laughs> what bitch. <laughs> plenty of people dislike me, um, but it's that sort of. I can go into a social situation. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, you're comfortable in social situations. Yeah. Um, and I was talking about this with that um, the online group um, the other day where I, I've i always considered myself, <laughs> this, is, this always sounds weird, a social lubricant. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm, you know, I'm very extroverted, but I have a lot of hobbies in common with a lot of people yeah. who have introversion. Uh, or are more introverted I'm quite happy to be the sort of go-between to make the situation for them more comfortable Mm -hmm. um so I mean I look at a lot of the 
the people that we used to hang out with at uni, yeah. like the Quidditch lot. Um, not all of them were introverted or uncomfortable in social situations, but the nature. Sorry, of it. I just wanna I just wanna stop there for a second and just say at some point in a future episode we will explain what we mean when we say the Quidditch lot from uni. <laughs> Even though it's a little bit self-explanatory, <laughs> we'll go into I, it. I feel like even though it's self-explanatory, I still feel like there's a lot that needs to be said about the fact <laughs> that the words like us, Quidditch and uni exist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> especially, <laughs> it's going to sound like weird, but like, especially for me, like <laughs> I was not a natural fit into that at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway. And I was always happy to be the one that if there are awkward silences, I'll fill them. If there somebody said something awkward, I'll try and make that sound better. You know, and like yeah. just trying to be a little bit You lubricate the I'll situation. lubricate the situation. <laughs> um, and yeah, so talking about, about that with the LOP group and like that's something I really value about myself is because mm. it's it's a sort of function I've served in a lot of friendship groups is I've always been the one who's absolutely unafraid to go up to somebody like hi I'm Lily nice to meet you (laughs) what's your name what are you interested in tell me about yourself you know that's always been like a role that I've been very comfortable with um so things like uh, networking events and that kind of thing um I'm terrible if I'm there on my own because there's no reason for me to want to interact with people around me (laughs) but if somebody else is there and they're feeling uncomfortable I'm all over that I am the complete opposite. Yeah. I'm not comfortable in social situations. But you would never be able to tell. <clears throat> yeah, because I am an expert masker. Uh, so I have just learned to be social and to appear that I'm comfortable in social situations, but I don't actively choose to be in those situations. Uh, but uh, Lily being the kind of person to just be like, hello, I'm Lily, who are you? Uh, is, is literally how we met. Uh, she was sat... <laughs> was my first day at uni. Uh, we were in the in the, the university bar, beginning of freshers, uh, having a really lovely evening, meeting all my classmates and whatnot. And then this, this woman just sat next to me on one of the coffee tables, um, spins around to introduce herself to me, says hello, and then immediately topples off the table. <laughs> That's the way I like to introduce myself. To all future best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Making it clear from the start that she's a liability. <laughs> a liability. Who, especially, so the context of that was I was a, a freshman's helper. So I was the year above Tam at uni. And so I was helping people move in all day. And then one of the side effects of that was they effectively gave us infinite drinks vouchers at the end of the day to like pay us for our time. And so... I got colossally drunk using far more of the drinks tickets than they thought it would take to like make me pass out under a table and then excitedly was just basically as soon as anybody told me what subject they were from I'd go find another person who was also studying that subject who I just had a conversation with and was like aggressively pushing people into subject groups so they'd know their classmates because I have developed the skill of being a social lubricator when it started out it was just me like aggressively just being like you you should know them bodily across the room um because when so any attempt at being socially helpful is uh, comes into contact with the sheer enthusiasm that i embody as a person mm-hmm. it just doesn't go well 
very drunk and I was sat at this table because there were no chairs talking to a, a group of people and then I realised I think I'd overheard one of you talking about English and I was mm-hmm. like oh well I'm an English student too turned around to introduce myself toppled off the table and then very quickly got back up on the table <laughs> yes <laughs> I was just like oh because when I'm drunk and otherwise because my nickname as a child was Run Run Splat Lily and <laughs> I'm very used to falling over I have too many stories about me face so many. is I'm also definitely partially made of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Never broken a bone. I rarely bruise. Like, I just bounce back up and then that's where I am then. <laughs> On the subject of that, you asked me to look for something in our messenger chat yesterday and the first thing I did was I was like, oh, let me go check media. Um, forgetting that, like, a link wouldn't be in mm. that section. But I quickly scrolled through and... <laughs> One of the first things that came up was all the pictures of your bloodied, like, shin and leg and whatnot oh, shit. Barcelona. from Barcelona. <laughs> so to give a vibe of, I attract chaos. Like, I'm just, as a person, attract things that I can stub my toe on, that I can, I walk into doors constantly. I have no concept of the boundaries of my person. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cut myself walking through an empty room. Like, it was... There's just an ongoing issue with me and uh, accidents. Yeah. <laughs> Very accident prone. Um, and we were walking, we just arrived, we do a, uh, we, up until this year with obviously lockdown, yeah. um, put a, was it koi bosh? Kabosh? Kaboshed. Put a, put a stop. It's stopped. Koi bosh, kaboshed, I feel like it's kaboshed. Let's go with that. Put a stop. <laughs> Uh, to that for this year but we usually go on a big group holiday every year and I'm the so I'm 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 an organizer I am not organized so I'm very much the person in the friendship group who somebody will mention wanting to do something and I'll be like right let's make this happen like who's in this date let's do it but I'm also not organized so I'll almost inevitably forget to do something like book a table or <laughs> <laughs> And something has happened every single time we've gone on a group holiday where I, as the organiser, have ended up making a lot of the bookings and that kind of thing. But I, as being not organised, have also made some interesting choices in terms of bookings. (laughs) Um, And the Barcelona one was I actually accidentally booked us to come back the day after I thought we were coming back. So luckily it was a weekend, so everybody could stay an extra day, but it meant we had no accommodation for that extra day. So I was like frantically on the way to (laughs) Barcelona, just like texting people, making sure everybody was okay with that, making sure everybody like had everything they needed for an extra day in Spain and desperately trying to find accommodation for us and all that kind of stuff and getting myself very, very stressed. And so we arrive at the the uh, villa we're staying in um all great excellent villa decide to walk down to the beach because there's a uh, a bar on the beach that we want to go to and i'm making my way down the hill and you know when you're on holiday and like the stress slowly eases as you Mm. make step 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 and there was just becoming calmer and calmer (laughs) i'm feeling super chill about it and i was like well i'm not rushing i'm gonna make a nice meandering walk down the back and then me and uh, our friend Joan were just like having a good chat and everybody else had walked the same thing down but they were a good good way ahead of us at this point because we were just like chatting and having fun and there was this tiny little hole in the pavement so it was about about the size of the palm of your hand kind of deal like not a huge hole 
And I walk. I always look at my feet when I'm walking because I know what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the hole and I was like, right, Lily, don't step on the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be sensible. Let's be sensible. Don't step on the hole. And so that connected to my feet and was like, okay, feet, don't step on the hole. And so what I then did was step next to the hole. (laughs) Because I was already very close to the hole when I realised the hole was there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, just as long as you don't step on the hole, this is not going to be a problem. So I stepped next to the hole and then the entire paving stove collapsed (laughs) and my leg disappeared through the pavement. (laughs) (laughs) So luckily... It wasn't both my legs, because I think that would have been substantially more traumatic. Yeah. But just one of my legs disappeared through up until about mid-thigh, um, as effectively what happened is I made the hole bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was clearly a big hole to me. <laughs> yeah. Just underneath. A, yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, great. The earth has opened up underneath me. This is great. Love it. And then so I was bleeding quite profusely because what had happened, and it wasn't a major injury, but it effectively scraped the front of my shin mm-hmm. um, in like a, what was it, like six inch line? Yeah. Like it wasn't, but it wasn't, but it was bleeding. It was just bleeding. A lo- it was just a lot of blood. It was aesthetically yeah. uh, bloody. horrible. And <laughs> yeah. Bloody. yeah. And then it also took like a bit of skin off the top of my toe, which then meant that that was bleeding quite profusely as well. Um hurt like a bitch but it was more like a I'm used to falling over and having it wasn't it wasn't a major fall yeah like I've had far worse injuries I have scars to prove that like Uh (laughs) it was by no means a big deal um but the most devastating thing was it broke my my favorite flip-flop and I still haven't managed to find a pair of flip-flops to replace them I also recently worked out that they were croc flip-flops and they don't make oh. them anymore and now I'm just full of rage and sadness oh, that's that I so never sad. these flip-flops because um, no other flip-flops yeah. quite live up to it I because I, I wasn't on the holiday because this was I had a job interview so I was supposed to be there but I ended up getting a, an interview for a job in Birmingham uh, that was happening in the middle of the week so I ended up being like oh I can't come I have to stay in Birmingham uh, and then I just started getting all of these pictures sent to me from Lily. Yeah, because I was like, I have my phone, but like, basically what we managed to do, I could, it wasn't like I couldn't walk. Yeah. It was just immediately uncomfortable because part of my toe was not there. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to stub it on anything. I didn't want to get dirt in, in anything. So we just made our way. There was a, a small um, place where British people go so they don't have to talk to Spanish people when they're in Spain. Resort. Resort. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, a small resort with a bar. And so what we went, we went into the bar and it was... So Joan, she used to be a first aid person at an ice skating rink. She's seen far worse than I could ever throw at her. So she was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go ask the bar staff for a first aid kit. We'll get you patched up and we'll head back down to the... We'll continue back down onto the beach. Because really all I needed at this point was something to clean it with. Mm-hmm. And then like some plasters would have been nice. That was really the only level that I wanted any help on. Because my focus was still getting to the bar. <laughs> so I could have my first pint of my holiday. So in British bars, it would be very normal to be able to go into any bar in the UK and be like, hey, can I borrow your first aid kit? And they'd have one ready behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Not so in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't help that neither of us spoke Spanish. So... Joan, I, I pretty much I could only speak Spanish enough to say, like, hello, can I have a beer? Thank you very 
much. That was that was the duration of, you know, yeah. of my Spanish. Even then, we weren't in, we were in the Catalan region of Spain. <laughs> so that wasn't even necessarily going to get you particularly far. Joan had slightly more Spanish, but she was struggling to communicate the need for a first aid kit to anybody. And so that was all sort of going backwards and forwards. And then Joan thought they were calling somebody who was going to bring a first aid kit to them. Um, and so we were just sat outside waiting and then an ambulance showed up. <laughs> so they hadn't had a first aid kit. They saw a lot of blood, so they just phoned an ambulance. And then because they didn't know what the injury was from or anything like that, the police also turned up. So from, I, I fell through the, so effectively what happened is I fell through the pavement and then an ambulance turned up and effectively all they did was something that either, I've got a first aid qualification, I'm also very used to dealing with some yep. injuries. <laughs> they just iodined it and then put like, put some padding on it and taped it to my leg and then same with my toe. And that was the duration they were like, yeah, it's just, you, you, there we effectively go. you scraped yourself. Like that's all this is. And I was like, I don't know why you're here. I'm so sorry. And then our entire communication was through top 10 hits. So they would sing bits to, of like a pop song to me and I'd sing it back. And that was all we did for the next like <laughs> 10 minutes whilst they had to like wait for the police to get a statement. And then we were doing the statement. So one of our friends had made the very sensible choice to have downloaded a Catalan dictionary onto her phone. So we were doing translated statements through. And I had to go find the hole and be like, this is the hole that I fell down. No, it wasn't this big to start with. <laughs> <laughs> And my boyfriend made no attempt to come up. Like, James was just like, nah, she'll be fine. Like, <laughs> I'll order a pipe when she gets here. Such a typical James response. Yeah. Zero interest. And, uh, yeah, so I had to make a statement to the police. And they were like, and I was like, I don't know why I'm having to do this. I literally, I fell down a hole. I'm sorry. This is just <laughs> something that happens to me quite frequently. So, like, it's not the hole's fault. Like, <laughs> yeah. Eventually make it down to the the bar and it turns out the police had informed the people we were renting the villa off and so she called me and she was like i'm so sorry and i'm like i fell through a hole this is no one's fault <laughs> this is very much just something that happens to me it's not a problem and she was like i feel bad it's your first night and i'm like no it's absolutely fine um i'm at the bar now so it's all good all i have to do is just like keep it not full of grit yeah you know, that's the main thing here and she was like, oh, what bar are you at? And I was like, oh, at this bar. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'll speak to you soon. And then the waitress came over and gave us all a free round on the landlady, Aww. which was just such a wonderful and completely unnecessary thing for her to do. So we ended up having, like, a very good night, making our way back up. And then when we went past the hole, because I wanted to take another picture of it because I hadn't got a good picture of it. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to take a picture of the hole. They'd already fixed it. Well. <laughs> they completely replaced <laughs> the entire paving block and I was like I wish English infrastructure was as they quick were, to respond as they were one. probably worried that you would like sue oh it's nobody's fault I saw I... a hole and I stepped next to it that's um... <laughs> <laughs> but it just I was just so impressed by how quickly they got that fixed yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like that's fucking badass I've fallen down many holes before not like, like nobody's uh... ever fixed that <laughs> Not like in the UK, wasn't there this uh, the the Twitter account or something for a pothole in the road? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just never got fixed. <laughs> yeah, and there's a thing where you graffiti potholes because they're more likely to fix potholes that have been graffiti. Yeah, but because of the graffiti rather than because of the pothole. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> but in the same way that I, so I attract a lot of 
accidents and I trip over my feet constantly and publicly embarrass myself quite frequently. Tamara has the same, a similar thing where she just has the most like out there fucking story for <laughs> any possible situation. <laughs> And it doesn't matter how long you've known her, there's always a new one. It's absolutely brilliant. So we were over lockdown, Tam came and stayed with me and my parents. Um, was, I'm, I'm wondering where this is going now. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, she, Lily's just mimed the action to me. No, go on, go on. Are you happy with that? Yeah, basically. So, uh, like me and Tam have known, well, we've known each other since what, 2012? Yeah. So almost ten, almost ten years. Yeah, eight years now. Yeah. Uh, no, it'd be nine years. Nine now. years in September. Nine years in September. Yeah. Right. And at this point, I figured like she told me most of her stories because she certainly heard most of mine like repeatedly most of the time because I'm not very good at remembering who I've told what. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, we were just like hanging out with my parents in the um, garden area and Tam was like, oh, let me tell you about this time. <laughs> it was probably relevant to something oh, we were absolutely. saying. because Yeah. <laughs> Very much got the impression I never would have found out this story unless it had like been relevant to something. Do you want to? <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> um, so I grew up in foster care, uh, lived in children's homes and whatnot. Um, you can play a tiny violin if you want to. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if we were talking about um, like police and interactions that we've had. I think that must have been it. Yeah. Um, so I've been arrested twice in my life. Um, probably should have been arrested more than that, uh, but never been caught. Uh, <laughs> for hashtag Slytherin. <laughs> For shenanigans, I've never done anything uh, particularly bad or illegal. Um, it's just shenanigans, which you know, ex- you know what, what, what is it? I'm saying it's a uh, like a claim, exclaiming. I'm putting a, a asterisk. Asterisk. Nothing illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. <laughs> Gonna edit that. Me not understanding how words work. But anyway, <laughs> shenanigans, nothing illegal. But I've been arrested twice and the arrests happen one after the other. I got arrested on one day and then the very next day I was arrested again. Uh, and the reason for this is in the children's home that I lived, uh, you would get a 15 minute phone call like either every few days or a week or whatever, I can't remember exactly, to family. And then if you uh, if you wanted to call anyone else, there was a payphone in the home that you could use to call friends. And I maintain that I am right to this day that because I didn't have any family, I should be allowed to have my 15 minute phone call with a friend. Which I think is perfectly reasonable. I don't understand how that was a problem. But no, the phone calls were only for uh, contacting family, which I think is prejudice against people in foster care and children's homes to begin with. Like, Jesus. Considering considering most of us are in there because of traumatic, abusive families to begin with. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a place where the percentage is going to be 
hey, maybe don't have family members to contact, a children's home is going to skew that percentage yeah. dramatically. Yeah. So, th- so there was a key worker who I did not get on with at all. So you would, the, the, the children's home was run by uh, key workers and they would stay, they would do shifts. You'd have day key workers and night key workers and then a cook who would come in in the evening to cook for you. It sounds lovely. It's not. <laughs> just putting it out there. It's yeah. not. Um, and one of the key workers I really didn't get on with, um, and she was just a mean thing, like just really mean. And I remember her, like, I, I, I was, this was a, an ongoing argument that I'd had about the phone call situation and her just being like, essentially laughing in my face about like, you don't have anyone to call, no, you can't call your friend or whatever. And it kept getting worse and worse. And like, I'm a really patient person. Um, I was less so when I was younger, uh, but, I, I must have just reached the point where I was like, I can't take this anymore. So in my frustration, I kicked over the TV. Now this is not a fancy flat screen TV like we have now. I'm talking about the big, the big box the big numbers. Box. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was a bad thing to do because we rented the TV. I didn't know this at the time, but it didn't break. I just, I kicked it over. It went over, it was fine. And then I proceeded to pour concentrated Ribena all over the place because I was like, well, so I have never been one for tantrums. I've never been one, like I always behaved as much as I absolutely could uh, because reasons, when you're in care, you're conditioned to behave as much as possible because consequences. But I, at this point I was just like, right, (laughs) I'm going all out. I've already broken a rule. Yeah. I'm fucked anyway. Yeah. So Ribena everywhere. And then I went and did the worst thing you can do in a children's home. I locked myself in my bedroom, uh, which you're not allowed to do during the day. Uh, the only time you're allowed to lock your door is at nighttime when you go to sleep. So I lock it. Key workers are coming tomorrow. Open up tomorrow. Open up. And I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, we're going to go get the key and we're going to open up. So I'm like, cool. Push my bed against the door. Um, <laughs> Which I would say is a very logical response to knowing that exactly. somebody's gonna, yeah. Uh, so, and my, my bedroom was on the ground floor as well, um, that looked out onto the area where like bins and whatnot were kept. And it was a, it was a gated off massive gate. Like I'm talking like a seven, eight foot gate, which I could climb because that's how I used to go out at night time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so, you know, I, I've, I've pushed this bed against the door and I get told, we're gonna call the police if you don't open this door now. Now me, in my 15 year old wisdom, I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. You're gonna really call the police on me because I won't let you in my bedroom. Yeah. Are you stupid? Apparently not, apparently that is something that happens. The police get called, they turn up, they're knocking on the door tomorrow, let us in. As an adult, I know that the reason this is done is because there were concerns about, you know, uh, you could hurt yourself and all of this. Yeah. But at the time, I'm like, well, I know I'm not going to do that. I just kicked over a TV and pulled Ribena. I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm trying to spite you lot by yeah. denying you my presence. Uh- <laughs> and also, just at a basic level, you want some privacy. Like, you're yeah. angry. You're, yeah. Like, the th- I have a lot of uh, rage <laughs> as a person. Um, and the reason that I still have friends and family <laughs> is because when I get angry, I remove myself from the situation. And not being given the option to, when you're already just overwhelmed and mm-hmm. full of rage, not to be able to separate yourself from the situation is... Yeah. 
Um, so in the end, one of the police officers proved that he too could climb the massive gate, um, climbed over and got into my room through my open window and I was arrested, <laughs> like handcuffed at everything, put into the back of a police car, uh, taken to the police station and there was a desk sergeant and the desk sergeant asked me all the questions and was like, what have you been doing? And I told him and he was like, all right, well, this is a bit silly, but you know, Don't this do is, again. you seem like a very, because at this point I've, I'm no longer upset. I've calmed down. And when I'm calm, I'm very charming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most reasonable person you've ever let, met at this point. And he's like, well, you seem like a, you've got your head on your shoulders. You seem like a, you know, a, a, a lovely young lady. I hope this is, I hope I never see you again. I hope this is the last time I ever see you. Um, they do all the fingerprinting, they do all of that. And then they just stick me in a cell and I stayed there for like six or seven hours. Um, that seems excessive. <laughs> 20 minutes in about, that's what that should have been. Well, um, and then early hours of the morning, they drop me off um, at the children's home and, you know, me and the desk sergeant. 15 year old, just like, hey, we're going to stick you in a room on your own for seven hours. Like, Jesus. Um, yeah, and I'm like, cool, never see you guys again. Happiness, let's go. Uh, and then <laughs> the same key worker was was on shift um, again, and she proceeded to, to be her bitchy self. And I don't know what led to it, but I went past the office at one point and it had been left unlocked and there was no one in it. So I was like, right, let me just go in and like call my friend and yeah. tell her what's going on. I'm been about happening. to get my fucking phone call. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have my phone call. Let me just like go in. So I I went in, I uh, locked the door behind me and <laughs> got on the phone. And then I got caught. Um, there's a little window where you can see into the office uh, on the door. And the key worker was like, uh, like couldn't get in. Like I think either she'd left her keys in the office or it's one of those like locks that's when it's locked from the inside, like mm. for safety reasons, I don't know. Um, but she couldn't get in. And so I... There seem to be a lot of doors in this place. Oh, there are, yeah, a lot They're... of doors. <laughs> <laughs> they are impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's and... right, absolutely. Yeah, but like even, you know, even the toilets in the bathrooms, um, although you can lock them from the outside, um, from, sorry, although you can lock them from the inside, the key workers have the ability to unlock those doors whenever they want to, which as an adult, I get. An oversight thing. It's a lot of, there's a lot of traumatized children, you know, yeah. um, things happen. But that's very dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, so I'm, I'm on the phone to my friend and this key worker is again shouting at me and being like, open this door, open this door. She then made the mistake of saying, or I'll call the police. Now at that point, I'm like, Right, well, <laughs> so I pick up another phone in the office and I call another friend of mine. And so now I'm on two phones and then I decided, well, now I'm gonna put my feet up on the desk and she's like screwing and screaming and she's telling me to get out. I'm in so much trouble. I'm the worst she's ever met because I'm on two phones. Um, and then I was like, well, fuck it. So then I pulled out a cigarette, lit it up. Uh, <laughs> I just, this is my favorite story because of just the image of like, you know what? I'm fucking screwed anyway. Get a cigarette out. <laughs> so I'm now there in this locked office with like, you know, the other key workers arrived now. There's two of them screaming at me. I'm on the phone with two of my friends who were just like encouraging me as friends do. Yeah, you're 15. Like, they're not going to be the voice of reason in this. <laughs> 
And lo and behold, the police do get called um, and they have to break into the office this time. So now there's damage <sighs> and I get handcuffed again, put in the back of the car, taken to the police station. It's the same bloody desk sergeant. <laughs> I can just imagine his like double take of like, the fuck? <laughs> so he looks at me and he goes, just shakes his head and he's like, what have you done now? <laughs> And I tell him, and I'm like, I was on, I was on two phones, and I had a cigarette in the office, and I put my feet up on the desk, and he was like, "Why?" And I was like, "Well, if you can explain to me why that's an arrestable offence, uh, we can talk about the whys and the issues <laughs> and whatnot." Um, <laughs> so I went through the whole process again, fingerprinting, writing my statement, having my picture taken. Um, then got put in the cell for like another extended amount of time and yeah and then as I left again <laughs> I'm like I, I really don't want to see you ever again you know uh, let's hope this doesn't escalate to anything worse um, and I, I wish you know I wish when I was younger I'd had the the forethought to kind of like say something witty like you know oh, I've gone from Ribena to telephones <laughs> You know, who knows what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I lock myself in my room and in the office. Yeah. Next time I'm locking the whole house. Like... <laughs> I'll lock the whole thing down. Yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and, I, and I have loads of like little kind of stories like that because I've had a very eventful life. And I, I find them hilarious. Like I know some people listen to my stories and they get concerned because they're like, oh well that's really like I'm really sorry that you went through that and like I'm really sorry that you you know you lived here or you you know had, had that foster carer and I'm just like well I wouldn't be who I am now without having gone through all of that stupid stuff and I quite like who I am now so mm. I take it I kind of take it all with a pinch of salt mm. um but yeah just a lot yeah and I think it's <laughs> one of those things where the option is right either you leave stuff out of the stories you tell which I'm sure you do to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, it's private stuff. Or you don't tell stories at all. And then it's just like, well, everybody else gets to tell stories about stuff that's happened to them. Why is it suddenly taking the ability away from you to... Especially when it is, it's those stories that, yeah, you know what? Shitty situation. Mm -hmm. Shitty key worker. But, uh, overall, objectively funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Because the thing is, I don't think the situation would be that funny to me if it was just the first night. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got arrested for kicking over a TV, locking it's, myself in room in Ribena. It's, it's the, the fact that there was the same desk sergeant and I ended up there again. The it's next the, the whole circle of that story is it's beautifully constructed. I'm like, you could not make that shit up. Like, genius story. Um, but it is, it's, I think it's one of those things where, you know, and I... I had an incredibly idyllic childhood. I, you know, I'm very incredibly privileged and lucky to be, I know, I'd like to say I'm well-adjusted, but who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> what even is well-adjusted? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are plenty of stories I tell from my childhood and it, I think it would be, like, really sad if you couldn't do the same and have those stories like you know you're not it doesn't mean that you have to share everything mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where i think it's it's nice to be able to have a laugh about something yeah. that yeah actually 
Yeah, I probably lost my thread there. But no, 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 no but I get, I, I completely, before, yeah, yeah, I completely get it. Because like, I, I do feel sometimes when I, when I talk about my background and my upbringing and that, there's an element of like, oh no, Tamara's bringing out the woe is me again, you know. And like, anytime someone talks about like, oh, this happened to me when I was a child, um, and I'll be like, wow, wow, well, well, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you my story. <laughs> and I, I jokingly. Um, Actually, no, no, no. This is actually a serious thing. I've had quite a few friends who are going through mental health problems who have said to me, oh, yeah, I'm feeling like this, but it's not serious. It's like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this because it's not like I've gone through what you've gone through. And I'm always like, that's like such a stupid thing to say, you know, because that to me says that there's one person in the world who's had the worst deal who's given them. actually allowed to be upset yeah. you know and actually allowed to be depressed and whatnot because that one person has had the worst it's all relative it's all yeah you know that's that's not how mental health problems work that's not how sadness works that's not how any of it works um it's all about it's like that that um that that beautiful target picture of what you have the capacity to deal with according to your experiences and what you've gone through so like i don't get upset about certain things because they're just not a big deal to me mm. because but it doesn't mean if somebody gets upset about that same thing that, that, that their that, experience isn't valid exactly exactly yeah. um because we we all deal with things in different ways so like my thing is i actually get upset about really minor stuff because minor stuff is like something that I should be upset about. Mm. Whereas cataclysmic big stuff, I'm like, ah, well, here we go again. You yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look, I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm homeless. Well, we'll deal with it. What are we going to do? Been mm. there, done that. Come on. Um, whereas, you know, the, the minor inconvenience of, you know, they don't have my favourite snack at Tesco's. And I'm like, Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, it's all about, it's all about that relativity and it's all about what you let yourself feel. Yeah. Because the, the big thing with Tam, and this has always been the case with Tam, <laughs> is Tam has such, you have such a regulation of your own feelings. Yes. In terms of the one, certainly the ones you show externally. Yes. That it, uh, it feels like you would allow yourself to be upset about the little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know the consequences are small and you refuse to let yourself be upset about the big things because you, you know, you've lived through it and you fucking know it's not useful to be upset. Like, mm-hmm. It's not helpful, man. Yeah. When shit goes wrong, you just got to deal with it. Because if you don't, yeah. you know, you, you find yourself falling even further into a pit of despair. Yeah. Um, and it does make you, you... So I went through a lot of... Well, I'm still going through a couple of mental health issues. But when I was going through some... Uh, so realising that I had anxiety, uh, realising I was bisexual and a whole host of issues that came along with yeah. that. <laughs> the glories of internalised... Um, homophobia. Homophobia. Uh, joyous. Tam was the best person to speak to because it didn't matter how minor the issue was, you were so willing to talk it out with me to... And it, it just... It always feels so good to talk to you about deep stuff and yeah. stuff that's going on in life because you are so receptive to other people 
you're so empathetic um and you just get it on a level that i think a lot of people don't mm. where i really appreciate that yeah Thank you. i mean you <laughs> it's it's one of those things that i think i know we always we've, we've talked about hypervigilance and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but the sort of the way so the way i think about people's strengths and weaknesses is yeah. everybody's big strength their weakness is the flip side of that mm. so like your i think your biggest strength is your empathy um, and your ability to relate to people and the understanding that you show to people and the flip side of that is the hypervigilance and the anxiety that goes around mm. noticing all of these things oh absolutely yeah and it, it's one of those things where it's that flip coin of like would you want to uh, I, I, I i don't know the answer to this would you want to to stop noticing and having that sort of empathy with people in order to get rid of the hypervigilance because I, I mean from my point of view i think that would be adjusting (laughs) no i i think it's one of those things it makes it easier to accept the negative sides if you accept the positives yeah definitely yeah definitely like for me it's i am incredibly enthusiastic i'm incredibly engaged and interested and energetic but i'm also the flip side of that full of rage (laughs) (laughs) i could go from zero to 100 really really quickly I wouldn't I wouldn't change that about you in the same way that I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything about you you're my best friend like Jesus I love I you so much <laughs> I love you <laughs> I just I know that there are things like I would like to not be as angry as I am yeah um because for a lot of the a lot of the time things that should make me angry don't make me angry it's mm. me like absolutely blowing up over really small things and for the most part I mitigate it yeah by you have to be quite close to me for me to show anger <laughs> unless you're a stranger and then it's just like <laughs> super sane <laughs> but I like I think every time I think about it I'm like would I want to be less angry as a person if it meant that I was less enthusiastic and less because you're one of the most positive people that I've ever met in my life and you're you know you talk about your your rage being a problem but I always see the the aspect of it, which is, it's a flash in the pan. You have an immediate strong reaction. So there's this immediate rage, but it, it dies down really quickly. It's You don't have this rage and then let it infect everything and everyone around you. Yeah. So I so I was, I was thinking about this the other day. So some people have, and it was actually because I was reading Pride and Prejudice. Oh. My bae. Um, and it was Mr. Darcy describing his temper as resentful. Yes. And like, one thing I don't have is a resentful temper. Yeah. Like, once I'm not angry anymore, I'm not angry. Mm -hmm. Except (laughs) there are like five or six people I can, like, could name (laughs) not going to. It doesn't matter what they fucking do that makes me angry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) but all I have to do is see their face and I'm just like, instant rage. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's everyone has that to a certain extent like it might not be anger related but everyone has those people that you cannot just like you just you have negative reactions to yeah you know completely um yeah it's natural but Mm. your yours skew towards rage mine probably skew towards kind of like disrespect and kind of yeah uh, looking down on yeah yeah yeah. because i think there's also because it's it's one of those things i was thinking about with so with your just sheer empathy yeah uh, because you notice things without people 
So like whenever I've come to you with a problem, mm-hmm. you've known about it for months. Yeah. Before I talk to you about it. <laughs> you know, like it's and quite frequently you have such insights into other people that it helps them sort of understand their own feelings and understand where they're going. Um, it's it's one of the things that like I massively value you for is one you do not give me a line of bullshit ever. No. You always give it straight. Um, and I and I know that. For me, that's what I need, and I think you know that's what I need. Yeah. Um, but I've seen you with other people where you're, you're a little bit more... I temper it, and I like yeah. build them up towards Absolutely. getting what it is that they need to hear. Absolutely. I've always said to people, like, with friendship groups and whatnot, is that depending on the type of person you are, I'm either the first person you come to or the last. Mm-hmm. If you want if you want it straight, straight away, come to me, and I'll, and I'll tell you what the problem is, and I'll tell you you need to stop doing this or you need to yeah. build on this. Um, if you don't like it like that, you'll go around the houses to yeah. everyone else until you finally realise that you need to hear yeah. the blunt kind of yeah. version and then you come to me. But yeah. even then, like, I've, you know, I've been there I'm when you've talked to people. You're not mean about it at all. <laughs> I, you know, I've been there when you've talked to people who need it a little bit more softly, softly. Yes. And you're always, like, it's, you have an ability to read people. Yeah. Um, and it means that you can give people what they can take um I, I just i find it i mean i have zero clue how you do it like, <laughs> but then this like, is so unobservant <laughs> and it's like always like what <laughs> but again it's that flip side of it's incredibly tiring mm. you know um so i i don't understand how you manage to be positive and enthusiastic and so social and so like able to keep up with everyone all the time because to me that that hyper vigilance of being aware of absolutely everything in a social situation drains me and i just i i can't do prolonged interactions with people obviously there are there are exceptions to that so like you know i don't feel that with my closest friends um Mm. but anything more than two or three people in a group and i start to just it's it's a ticking clock to me suddenly just completely shutting down yeah and not being able to whereas I, i'm the opposite i love big groups that's bloody my... energizer buddy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i always i was thinking about this because i used to think that i was a bit of like an you know they call it an ambivert, ambivert yeah um because i'm perfectly happy to spend a shit ton of time by myself but what i never realized is it, it, it took this lockdown for me to realize how untrue that is yeah because the longer I'm by myself, the worse my mindset gets. Yeah. And like this like lockdown has been so traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> because without regularly seeing people and without regularly having social contact, which um, is not, you know, I've been, I was with you and my parents for a lot of lockdown. I've always had James, but if I don't have like actual social contact with somebody, I just start getting depressed and I stop functioning, I stop doing things, I stop doing hobbies, I stop, you know, because a lot of my hobbies are insular, like I like reading, mm-hmm. I like sewing, I like you know, sewing at the moment, changing six months <laughs> to something else, like <laughs> a bit obsessive when it comes to hobbies, but if I'm not getting regular social contact, it doesn't mean that I just now have lots of time for my hobbies. It means I now have lots of time for my hobbies and I have zero motivation to do any of them. It's been, the last year has been really interesting in terms of like checking in on those that are extroverts and just being like, are you okay? And I, I, cause I live with two extroverts as well. And I'd say that Jenny is an ambivert for sure, but Jack is 
such an extrovert. Yeah. Which is really weird because Jack is not, he's not like you where he's like vocally extroverted. Yeah. And he, like you'd be hard pressed not to know that I was an extrovert. Yeah. Whereas with Jack, you would think he's an introvert because he's incredibly quiet. Mm. But that boy could be in social situations. Literally, he could be social with people 24 7 and he would not like power down he I, don't, would... I can't do that I yeah don't, I don't he is it. the most extroverted person i've ever met in my life and i don't it, it confuses me and sometimes i get confused over how our friendship works because he just wants to be around me and wants to spend time with me and i'm hissing in the corner like, <laughs> go away i want to be by myself <laughs> to sound very millennial tiktok you're the, like the two types of Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I do find, I, I remember when you two first were talking about living together when you moved out of yes. Wales. And I was like, I just don't see how that's going to work. You're both wonderful people, but you are so different. <laughs> yeah. Because you meet us and if you don't know anything you would think that I'm the social extrovert person because I can be incredibly loud, I'm very talkative, mm. and I'm just like, I'm organising stuff, and I'm like, let's do this, and let's do that, and let's it's, go to And I think theater. a large portion of that is because you're a real social chameleon. Because, yeah. like, when we have... So, at uni, Tam was surrounded by a group of people who we used to call the Lemmings, um, <laughs> because they were... And all of them will admit to this, incapable of organising to do anything, had... They really did need hand-holding <laughs> to do any social thing. So in that situation, Tam had to be the organiser extrovert. And so that's what you did. You organised trips, you would at tournaments and like anywhere that needed organising, you'd be the organiser. Yeah. Um, like my favourite example. <laughs> and you know which one I'm going to use. So, so I think what we mentioned earlier that we were part of the Quidditch team at uni um in fact we were founding yep. members of trimo quidditch club which i don't think is, exists anymore i think i it, think it's still going it, is it's it? slowly dying a death yeah uh, which is a shame <laughs> we had a great time while we were there and so tam joined so it was initially it was going to be a whole like harry potter thing yeah and then you effectively managed to just be sidelined into quidditch mm-hmm. despite having zero interest in playing quidditch yeah <laughs> I was the treasurer who didn't do any treasury stuff for like a full year. <laughs> I should have been the social sec. I don't know how I ended up as the treasurer, but I was. I did do the I did do the accounts. It just it took a while. <laughs> I'm not bringing a mess. And then um, I was also the contact coach, and you were the main coach. Yeah. And so we'd go to tournaments. And so after I graduated, um, they were going up to a tournament in Edinburgh. And I was like, fantastic excuse to, yep. to go to Edinburgh. So I was like, hey, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fly up. Um, and we're like, we'll hang out or whatever. I had an absolute great time. Um, I, I don't remember the tournament at all, but Edinburgh was lovely. Yes. <laughs> it was like the, so we had a couple of days where there was no, no tournament things happening. And everybody was just like free to do their own thing. And like I had been from the beginning, like I'm going to the zoo. I'm going to the zoo. There are pandas in the zoo. This is going to be my only opportunity to see a panda. <laughs> like, none of you are convincing me to do it. I'll go on my own. Like, yeah, going to this fucking zoo. And my sheer passion for this zoo had managed to collect a small group around me who were like, yeah. we will go with Lily to the zoo. Yeah. 
Um, and then Tam and Yanni wanted to go to the museum. Yeah, and so we, we were like, we don't want to spend any money. The museum is free. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're doing a museum. And then we were like getting ready to go. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, hey, okay, cool. I've just Googled it. Bus leaves in like 15 minutes. Let's go. Like that kind of stuff. And you were getting ready to go out. And this left everybody else who were like, but a group of adults, okay, a group of adults, <laughs> adults, uni students, <laughs> second, second and third year uni students who just looked at me and were like, oh, but we don't want to go to the zoo or the museum. What do we do? And I was like, whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Uh, so I had to, I had to then be like, okay, Lily. If anyone wants to go to the zoo, go and stand next to Lily. She actually split everybody, so I was the zoo representative. Yeah, everyone <laughs> who wants to go to the zoo, stand by Lily. Those of you that want to go to the museum, stand by Yanni. Uh, those of you that want to go to the castle, stand by Oscar. Um, and those of you that are undecided and just want to walk around the city, stand next to me. And, you know... <laughs> Go forth and do your own thing and we'll meet up at this time and, you know, whatever. I was just like, you're fucking adults. And like this whole time I was like, Tam, Tam, you don't need to do this for them. They're adults. You don't need to do it. And you you were like, no, because they will actually combust. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh, it was, it it was, I absolutely truly wonderful group of people cannot emphasize how much i absolutely adored that group of people but they were so funny so (laughs) at the the zoo we had a so we had an in joke based around a penguin called steve and we don't know if the penguin's name was actually steve um but there was a steve there was a penguin (laughs) do you remember steve yes (laughs) there was a penguin stood on a rock and all the other penguins were ignoring him and he was just stood, like, posed dramatically on this rock for, like, a good solid ten minutes. And we were just watching this <laughs> penguin being like, why is he stood on this rock? All the other penguins are, like, doing shit. Like, there's just this sole <laughs> penguin stood on the rock. And it was one of those, like, tufty penguins, you know? With oh, the red, yeah. The orangey. He was so having already... his bread and fishes moment. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was just, like, a full, like... And we were like, well, he's still on a rock. And then he got down from the rock and all the other penguins sort of gathered around him. And they were like, oh my God, this is the Jesus in penguin form. He's just come back from the dead. And they're like, oh my God, Steve, you're back. And so we created this like mental religion based around Steve the penguin. And all of us, we found um, these little, I've still got mine, little penguin necklaces, necklaces yeah. in the gift shop. And they're only like two quid or whatever. So everyone was like, yes, we will collectively as the Steve worshippers <laughs> by this this penguin necklace. Now what made it weirder is Jack's dad's called Steve and he was like, yep. I'm uncomfortable with this. And we're like, I'm sorry, the name has been chosen. We can't change it at this point. <laughs> and so we all got these Steve necklaces and Steve necklaces, <laughs> these penguin necklaces. <laughs> and uh, we got back to the, the uh, cause we always stayed in scout halls. Yeah. Cause it was just like the cheapest possible option. <laughs> got back there. And everyone was like, oh my God, how was your day? And they also had all had their faces painted different animals. Yeah, yeah. It was, we well, we went full weird children at the zoo yeah. style. We got face paint, candy floss was involved. It was great. I was a panda. I love was loving life. <laughs> um, and every time anybody asked us about like how our day at the zoo <laughs> would go, we'd just start slowly chanting Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we'd go to surround the person who'd asked 
And if anybody asked about Steve, we'd just be like, Steve is love, Steve is life. Like, fully stealing from the Shrek meme. And then, <laughs> yeah, and it just became this thing. And, like, a surprising number of the other Quidditch kids were like, well, where can he get necklaces? <laughs> like, you weren't there, man. <laughs> it, it's really weird. It's the um, Quidditch calls forth to it. Uh, people who have a propensity to be ready to join cults yeah, really quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. You also saw the pandas. We did. Um, and and I also, me and Yanni saw, saw a panda. Uh, we went to the museum and they had a stuffed one. And as far as I'm concerned, that's close Same enough. Mind. <laughs> when you look at it in a picture, they're both still. Yeah. And, and we got cute. closer. You did, you did. I mean, I got to... It was moving. <laughs> yes, yes, yours was moving. <laughs> no, it was great. I love it. If anybody ever gets a chance to visit, visit Edinburgh Zoo, it's a really good zoo. I really, nice. really enjoyed it. I'm determined to go back. Me and James went a couple of years ago and absolutely adored it. So I think we'll go yeah. back next year. Maybe. Well, we ended up going back the, the year after mm. for the tournament again. Um, stayed in a, oh my gosh, we stayed in a different scout hall and it was the best. This, this scout hall had hot showers and multiple rooms, at, which meant that I got to have, me and Yanni got to have our own room. Um, <laughs> but also, when we turned up, the guy in charge of the scout hall was like, oh yeah, by the way, I've got all the cots out. They had cots. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember the previous best was one who had judo mats. <laughs> we yes, were like, yes. yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so oh, hot showers, a like brilliant kitchen. Oh, it was fantastic. Because usually when we stay at scout halls, they don't have showers. Yeah. And so most of the time, you're just there for a couple like days for the tournament. Yeah. But when we go to Edinburgh, we'd always make a point of staying longer so that we could experience the city. So and the first time, with their setup is they were joined with a leisure center the actual tournament yes so yeah. the leisure center had showers yeah the leisure, so it meant yeah. that when you went to the tournament yeah you'd be able to shower in the changing rooms afterwards yeah. as long yeah. as you weren't precious about lots of muddy people around you yes because they were those open yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me i'm like they're just normal showers yeah i, I played a decade worth of rugby yeah it's always on showers <laughs> um but no but the second time we went it was just such a great uh, scout hall I ended up giving the details of it to the Edinburgh team because I was like, guys, this is right next to the place where you do your tournaments. Mm. Honestly, it can fit at least two or three teams in this scout hall. You should offer this up mm. for people who are coming. Um, so yeah, uh, and 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 that because that was that was you because I remember I don't think we would have been able to do as many tournaments as we did if you hadn't have been like just contact scout halls because accommodation is so expensive for tournaments yeah and the big thing so we went down to we were at uni down in Cornwall yes and so it would take us three and a half hours to get to the nearest team yeah in, which is Exeter <laughs> Exeter you know like it would because we, you weren't we weren't just Cornwall we were like end of Cornwall yeah so the, Falmouth, the very end. Falmouth is like really far down in Cornwall yeah. um, and so it meant that if so all the the tournaments that they would call central um, would be in Litchfield. Yeah. And like, that's at what, eight hours? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, like, the Scottish team used to complain and we're like, we're travelling further than we're you. Literally, <laughs> literally travelling further than you, Edinburgh. So yeah. <laughs> and we came to you for a tournament. So yeah. Maybe. 
we flew, but we still had to drive to fucking Bristol in order to fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we left at we left our campus at two o'clock in the morning for a seven thirty flight from yeah. Bristol. So shh, yeah, shh. <laughs> <laughs> but because we would effectively we'd end up spending so much money on travel. Yeah, that it meant that you know everybody was poor uni students. Yeah, like as it was, people were like scraping stuff together to see if they could come to tournaments at all so the big thing was just making sure cost was low and Mm -hmm. and accommodation by staying in scout halls it only ever ended up being between five and ten pound per person yeah and one of the things that i used to do was was once two pound fifty a person yeah it was once two pound fifty a person it was so cheap (laughs) love scout halls and like we would then use as much money as the club could make to then subsidize Mm. uh, accommodation if we could or subsidise the travel. But it did It did mean that... Because I think a couple of the other teams were confused by how close we were as a team. Yes. And I think a lot of that came from the fact that, hey, we're all sleeping in one communal room. Uh-huh. All of us have to rub along somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a certain extent to which you've got to be. It reminds me of the time when we were in Nottingham for the British Quidditch Cup, the first one that we oh, went yeah, to. Yeah. And me and Yanni went to the supermarket and ran into a couple of people from, um, I think it was the St. Andrews team. And they had a basket with like some snacks and we had a full trolley. And they were like, why do you have a full trolley? And I was like, well, because we're making spaghetti bolognese tonight for 26 people. And then tomorrow we've got to have all the breakfast stuff and we're making sandwiches. And we're doing this. And obviously we've got to have the vegetarian options. And we've got the gluten-free bread. And then Connor can't have dairy. So we've got that stuff. And they were like, do you mother them? And it's just me and Yanni with this full trolley being like, yes. (laughs) We have to. They would not eat. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was definitely... But everybody chipped in. Yeah. And that was the big thing. Yeah. Like, you know, there would always be eight people in the kitchen yep. chopping stuff. There would always be another ten people who would descend upon the washing up. And, yeah. And you, you, I'd say something like, oh yeah, I cooked spag bowl for the team, but actually, no, what I did was just organise troops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, <laughs> hey, that's a fucking task and a half. Jesus. I, yeah, it's because I had um, my parents, my poor parents... <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, there was a Reading tournament and my parents live like not that far from Reading. So every time there was a Reading tournament, um, I remember the first time I was like, hey, mum, so um, I'm coming I'm coming back home. And she was like, oh, that's wonderful. Because <laughs> I hadn't been back in like fucking ages. Um, and I was like, is there any chance I could have, so we're coming back for a Quidditch tournament, is there any chance I could have like some people from the Quidditch team stay with us? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Like how many of them? And I'm like, well, there are 26 of us. But, like, five or six, would that be okay? And I was, like, working out with beds and stuff. So my mum was like, you know what, let's give it a go with 26 people. And so... Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. But everybody was vaguely comfortable. So we were very lucky in that my parents have two sofa beds. And it was a house that, you know, my family grew up in. So it's a five-bedroom place. Both my sisters were away. So there were, like, extra beds and stuff like that. And then there were two sofa beds. And then what we ended up doing for for all flat surfaces... It's like we dining room, we just push the table to one side and then that's a lot of carpet, right? And then <laughs> <laughs> it was just every single soft thing that my parents could muster 
from anywhere else in the house, plus neighbours, mm-hmm. down on the floor, and then everybody effectively just slept in puppy piles. Yeah, it was like it was heated. <laughs> There was access, <laughs> limited, very limited access to a shower. Yeah, that, a, sh- a shower that the fuse blew if you like had more than three people using it in succession. So it would always be like, guys, like there's a hose outside if you really need it kind yeah. of deal. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing I think, I, I think I still owe my parents at this point for this, is they always set us off in the morning with like bacon baps. And, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, we owe them. You can tell that, like, both my parents are used to hordes of children. Yes. Uh, they weren't quite ready for the level of, like... <laughs> the falcons the just falcons just descending. <laughs> oh, for context, our Quidditch team's name is the Falcons. So. And you know what I love about that name? Is that, so, in the Quidditch community, it was kind of a thing that we disassociated ourselves from Harry Potter because this was a sport. <laughs> um, I, I think, I, I, for fairness, attached to this episode, I think I will include some videos because it it's a lot of... 100% is a sport now. Yeah, it's uh, but so when fun. we were there, it was not, It was yeah. very early days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so teams that had previously had fun Harry Potter names... Uh, moved away from those so like uh, Banger was Banger Broken Broomsticks Kill was Avada Kill Davra best name um, ever still which is still amazing and they, they they tried to to not have Harry Potter names and we come in and we're like oh we're the Falmouth Falcons you know we're just named after a bird and Falmouth and you know that's great and everything the reason we called ourselves the Falmouth Falcons, though, is because if you read Quidditch through the ages, the only team in Cornwall is in fact called the Falmouth Falcons. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a Harry Potter name, but it didn't sound like it. <laughs> oh, I, I really do miss Quidditch. I don't miss Quidditch. I, I miss was... the community yeah. and like the how much time we spent with each other and how mm. much time, like all the stuff that we got up to, because it wasn't just... It wasn't just the Saturday morning practices. It was the Saturday morning practice followed by the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Followed by, hey, I'm going out tonight. Anybody Yeah, morning? followed by like... film nights and like all of the different things, like all of the pub crawls. Yeah. And, yeah. It was like having a preset group of drinking buddies. Yes. None of whom could hold down a fucking spot liquor. Expensive. Yes. And weirdly, <laughs> our Quidditch team had quite a few people that didn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, great. absolutely. <laughs> it would just be me and Nathan in the corner, just like heavily drinking. Yes. Like, Who are these people? <laughs> and then me with my pint of Coke that I always have. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you're listening in, thank you for coming back or listening for the first time, or I don't really know how this works yet. Thanks uh, for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, leave feedback, uh, tell us what you think of rambling. Yeah, and let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. We are, well, I'm never knowing me without an opinion. Yeah. And Tam just has a lot of experience with a lot of things. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy to inform opinions that I have no knowledge of. Yeah, because so. we, we don't have plans for these episodes. We don't decide what we're going to talk about. Um, but if there is something you want us to attempt to talk about, then yeah, let us know. Thank you for joining. And oh, we've set up, so we've got Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So if you're on any of those channels... Please do follow us. Um, Social media, guys. Get on it. And check out our website, ofmanandsqueak.com. 
and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.